ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Coming up, Lav and I talk Tiger's return at the Memorial and more beefy Bryson. Welcome to the Golf Channel podcast presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim Driver. The driver head was in need of a drastic change in order to provide more performance, so TaylorMade changed the shape altogether with their new Sim Driver, which allowed them to make it fast and forgiving where every golfer needs it in the downswing. The pros love the new shape, but the biggest reason TaylorMade changed the shape was to help make you into a better golfer. Check out TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all-new Sim family. Now, today, NBC launched Peacock. From live coverage, news, documentaries, even your favorite episodes of Faraday, NBC Universal's new streaming service, Peacock, has it all. Learn more at PeacockTV.com. Lav, you and I are actually in the same room. Now, you can't see this, but we're a good, I don't know, 40 yards from each other. It's a good chip shot. And, yeah, it uh, feels we, like what Bryson's going to have into par fours. We're roughly 40 yards. This is about the difference between Tiger and Bryson's tee shots, right? Is that what, it, what you, you were going to tell me? If not a little bit more. I mean, a lot of times Bryson was wailing on driver and Tiger was hitting three. Wood, and, you, and you're a good Walmart super center uh, in between those two drives. Got it. No, I understand. Let's get straight to the Tiger in the room then. This is Tiger's first event in five months, his first start since Los Angeles earlier this year. Uh, we knew this was coming. You had a chance to follow him today. I had a chance to follow him yesterday. I want to get your thoughts. What did you see that gives you any hope for this week? Well, first of all, he is healthy. I think that's the main question that we had going into this. We we saw him at the match, but you know he's he's riding around in a cart. He's playing his home golf course. Of course, he's going to play well. And I thought at at the match in in May, he swung freely and looked healthy, and and, and all was good. Um, we you you asked him yesterday. You know why didn't you play? any of these events during the restart previously. And, and, and he said it wasn't because he wasn't feeling good or, you know, he wasn't confident with his game or he's working through things. He just said he didn't feel confident enough. He wanted to see how these, these, these first few weeks went COVID wise and, and tour safety wise before he, he ventured back in. And I think, you know, with the fact that there's no fans here, he, he felt totally comfortable and, and, and seeing him here, you know, he's, he's swinging free. You know, he looks, he looks healthy or at least as healthy as a 44, 44 year old with a brittle body can look. Um, I'm not sure he's, he's going to be particularly sharp. I think reasonable expectation this week is, is probably a top 25. I'd be shocked if he comes out and, and, and pulls what he did at the Zozo where he, he just, he looked flawless and, and blew away the field there in Japan after an extended layoff. Um, I think this golf course is a little bit too penal. It's too demanding. Uh, it's too good of a field. Um, that that I'm expecting him to to play well, 
nothing spectacular, nothing shocking, just kind of uh, knocking some rust off and, and getting, a, getting a scorecard back in his hand before we get ready for the PGA in a couple of weeks. Coming in off the top rope, I see. Just completely middle of the pack. You're not going one extreme or the other. You're just saying he's going to make the cut. He'll finish tied for 30th. Good week. I said Moving top 25. On. Oh, okay, sorry. Tie for twenty fourth, then. Good week. Twenty. I'm, I'll, I'll think. I'll say. I'll say T eighteen. Oh wow, we're well, even going that far. Okay, very, very good. I'm glad you came in hot on that one. And and I was fascinated by his comments as well because I think we all were questioning ourselves. He looked so good during the match, and granted, that was a hit and giggle. He's paired with Peyton. He's playing Phil. Uh, I I don't know what we expected, but we kind of we got five events in and we hadn't seen him, and you're starting to wonder why because the last thing. We had heard from him as his back wasn't quite right. It's why he didn't play the players or Bay Hill or any of those events. So there was all these question marks. And then when I did ask him yesterday, why not? Why wouldn't you have played? I did not expect the answer that he came with, that I didn't particularly feel safe the first four or five events. I wanted to see how this was going to play out. He's not alone. Patrick Cantlay said the same thing when I asked him on the weekend here. I want to be a guinea pig. I think that's fair. I I think that's fair. And But I do think it's interesting. Like I I looked at it in the context that, as other sports come back and we hear a lot about, okay, this player doesn't want to go to the bubble in Orlando for the NBA, or this player doesn't want to return to major league baseball for whatever reason, it it was never an issue. And this is why, because they're all independent contractors. And I'm just, yeah, I thought it was fascinating that golf could do this in this sort of stepped process and the stars specifically Tiger Woods would get to a point where he was comfortable. And I think, well, the commissioner spoke this afternoon about their testing record up to this point is probably the biggest success the tour has had in a long time. And we're talking about a tour that has created huge opportunities for their players, but I think they can look back and say, this is a success story. As far as this game, I, I, I make fun of you, but I think you're actually right. I think T to green, he will be fine this week. I mean, from what I saw yesterday when I followed him during the practice round, he, there was nothing that led me to believe that there might be some issues. I think where he's going to run into issues is on the green. I saw a lot of putts five feet short, five feet long. I think it's been a long, long time since he's played on greens this fast, since he's played out of this kind of grass. It's going to take him a hot minute to figure that out. And that's really been the, the key for Tiger over these past couple of years. When, when, he does, when he does putt well, he's, he's going to be in contention, and he, he very well could win. We saw that we saw the tour, tour championship. He putted, he putted well there. You saw it at the Masters. He putted well there. Zozo, he was obviously lights out on the greens as well. He's, he's not getting better on the greens. I think that's fair to say. It's, it's a statistical anomaly for those players who are in their 40s to putt well, whether you, you lose a little bit of feel, whether your eyesight starts to go, whatever the reason is, players in their 40s generally do not putt well. And we've seen statistically a decline in Tiger Woods' putting uh, while he has been in his 40s. And I expect that to continue now as he, as he continues. But it, the, the way he's hitting it, he's going to give himself chances. It comes down to speed control, and if you're, if you you saw him yesterday, he played with with Justin Thomas, who last week lost in a playoff. I saw him uh, today with Bryson DeChambeau, who who won in his most recent start. Um, it, it just doesn't look like he's at that level yet. I'm not saying he can't get to that level. I can't say that he's not going to build up to that level and and be ready to to win his 16th major at uh, TPC Harding Park in a couple weeks. Uh, but right now, he just doesn't look as sharp, as uh, as impressive as those two players in particular. When you talk about him getting to a certain age, I thought the, the best line, and this is the, the transition I want to make, this straight from Bryson's mouth this afternoon. No, no, no. He hits it pl- plenty long enough, 320, 325, which is great for someone of his age. Boom. 
that, and that, I think that was unintentional. Like, I don't think he meant to make a dig at him. And I like, don't care if he did it, or not. I, I do it like the impressive. line. It is impressive. For someone of his age, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it is <laughs> impressive. Not not just not just his age, but a body that's been through hell, just through absolute wars. And so we're getting somebody, to these jokes just unintentionally now. Just okay, we're just going to continue to pile on just because he's 44 <laughs> and he's got a broken body. I, I see what you're doing. It's cute. It's cute. I'm 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 hitting it three. I'm hitting it 365. But but sure, he can he can dink one out there 320. You're precious. 320 yards. That's cute. Uh, but I did want to get into, and you wrote this today for GolfChannel.com, and, and I'm looking forward to reading it because the dichotomy between those two, it's a, it's a, it's a different kind of relationship between Bryson and his big brain and Tiger, who I, I think is more amused than informed when it comes to that relationship. Would, would you agree with that? I think so. I mean, Tiger is obviously curious. They have a relationship with, with Bridgestone, which I think this is where it all stemmed. They were, they were spending time during commercial shoots together, and now I think there's a – there's a fascination between between both of them. I think it's I think it's mutual. I think Bryson wants to see, and he mentioned this what what Tiger's working on and and little things that he can pick up just from being around him, and and obviously I think Tiger's curious just how Bryson's done it. Obviously Tiger in the prime of his career really bulked up. He wasn't doing what what Bryson's doing by by slamming down protein shakes and you know consuming four thousand calories a day and doing two a day workouts. What Tiger did was differently and. He developed his body differently and, and thus had some some physical consequences. Uh, Bryson may very well go down that road. We don't we don't know for sure yet. But I think I think Tiger is just curious, nutrition wise, training wise, how he's doing it. It's it's indisputably impressive. There is no doubt what Bryson has done is impressive. Seven consecutive top eight finishes on tour on a variety of different golf courses, mostly on golf courses that do not suit his game. When you look at the courses that he's played on since this restart, all of them have checked in at less than 7,200 yards. Now you're getting to a, a big ballpark, the biggest he's seen. Even you know Detroit Golf Club, he was he was doing things at that golf course that that Donald Ross did not intend. And now you get to to Jack Nicklaus's crown jewel. Jack Nicklaus was longest player in his day. He played a shot that favors the left to right ball flight. And there are bunkers on this golf course that Bryson's not even thinking about. He's, he's flying them. Patrick Cantlay suggested, and he's going to be playing with him for, for the first two rounds, suggested that, that Bryson may even have a double advantage this week. By that meaning, once you fly the bunkers, the fairway actually widens. And then there's a downslope once you get past the bunkers so that Bryson's tee shots are landing on the downslope, but they're actually going further. It's, it's accentuating his advantage. So he's not just going to be 30 or 40 past his playing partners. He's, he's potentially 50 or 60 and it's straight. That's the thing, Rex, that, that stood out to me today. The, the distance is awesome. It, it really is. It's, it's fun to watch, but they're bullets. They are rockets. They're absolutely exploding off the club face and they're not offline. There is very little shape to those shots. They just hang up in the air for six, seven, eight seconds, and then they fall ever so gently to the left or right. I mean, they are absolute rockets, and there's no foul balls. And if he's going to do that, watch out for the rest of the field. Sounds to me like you got a bit of a man crush going. Look, I, I, I tweeted and I got, I got some hell last week on Twitter. <laughs> what? Um, no, that doesn't happen would, on social media. 
I, I would much rather watch a laser iron shot as opposed to a 350-yard drive. But you have to give Bryson credit for the fact that he's swinging that hard with that ferocity, and he's keeping it on the planet. I, I, I asked Dustin Johnson yesterday, I said, what would happen if you went with, with Bryson's full-bore approach for, for 14 holes, you know, or 14 holes excluding the par threes? What, what would happen? DJ said, I'd probably get hurt <laughs> or I'd lose about half of them. And he was, he was partly kidding. Like, like he's coming off knee surgery. I, I get it. He's probably, he's never, he doesn't want to go 100% on tee shots. But, but that's been the most impressive part to me about Bryson's transformation is that normally you swing that hard. You're swinging 130 miles an hour. The, the misses, it's just, it's just math. The misses when you swing that hard are, are going to be greater. And yet Bryson has seemed to, to rein in those foul balls somehow, uh, develop a swing that, that somehow just hits these absolute blistering drives that really don't have a ton of shape to them. And as a result, he's able to take lines that, that guys can't even fathom. I, I thought it was fascinating. He was talking today with the media, and he said that he actually, when he gets in situations where he feels comfortable, and that's always the litmus test for a professional at this level, what do you do you know, when the heart rate gets up a little bit and you feel uncomfortable? And he said he actually swings better when he swings harder, which is kind of counterintuitive to, I think, what the rest of us try to do in that situation where you try to slow it down and, and take deep breaths. So it, it will be fascinating to see where it goes from here because this is – continuing to spark a conversation about distance and this is not a new conversation we talk about this in golf all the time but it seems like there has been another grass ceiling that's been shattered and we're looking at a very small snapshot and I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment but everyone who turns to this including Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy and all the players around them are starting to acknowledge the fact that he has moved to another gear whether if that's sustainable whether if that is going to lead to others doing the same thing remains to be seen. But there is certainly something there that even when Rory was asked about it today, and I always acknowledge that he is the, the wisest head in the room 99% of the time, he kind of shrugged and he points out the fact, and we all know this, that the best players in the game throughout the course of history, going back to old Tom Morris, have been the guys who hit it the longest. And that's not changed. It's simply he's going through that next stop sign. And I think you're going to continue to see that, not necessarily out of Bryson. And I think it was Rory that said it today. It's not going to be tour pros who suddenly decide to start tripling up and doubling up on the protein shakes and doing what he did and go down his route. It's going to be the kids who we won't see on the tour for the next four, five, six years. They, those are the ones who are going to look at this experiment and think that could work for me. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a, a generational thing. And that's why I think this week in particular is – is so fascinating to watch because if you think about PGA Tour setups on a week-to-week basis, they are generally all the same. They're generally all the same in that there's generous fairways, there's little rough, and there's soft greens. Especially this summer, you just have to throw water on them to to keep them alive uh, in the summer heat. You're not going to have that this week at the Memorial Tournament, weather weather permitting. You know, Jack might give you an area to hit it if if it's 300 out. Um, but, but the rough is really juicy in spots and the greens certainly, uh, on a, for a Wednesday practice round, they were, they were actually surprisingly firm to them. I'm, I'm hoping that they continue, uh, that trend through the rest of the week. I I'm sure, I'm sure Jack would love to see that, but, but Bryson's not going to be able to just wail away with, with reckless abandon this week. He was able to do that at, at Detroit. He could fly rows of bunkers because there was little rough and there was little penalty for errant tee shots. 
if now if Bryson's hitting at 350 center stripe, more power to him. He's he's going to play well. But if he's off the fairway, there is there is no chance that he's going to be able to have as much success because this rough is thicker, it's juicier, and you just can't impart the enough spin to to control it on on these greens. You really can't. And it's something this goes back to. I think we had this conversation last week where. The end game has always been, well, let's wait for him to get to the major championships. Let's wait for him to get to Harding Park or Wingfoot or Augusta National and see what he does there. See if he can bring this game to those tests, which are supposed to be the hardest tests in golf. So I, this is something close to that, a major it list, is. let's call it. So it, it's a good snapshot into maybe where he would go with this. And the other part of this equation, of course, is Rory had a chance to take two weeks off, sort of refresh himself. He had his swing coach, Michael Banyan, fly over to the United States and work with him. There were some things he wanted to fix. Dustin Johnson is coming off a victory, 13 straight victories now. I can go on and on down the list. Tiger Woods being the first one that we, we talked about in this podcast. It seems like everybody is sort of peaking at the right time. And this is not just for the memorial, but everything else that comes up over the next few weeks. Because from here on out, it's going to be every week is going to be one of these kind of fields. I mean, after next week, you go straight to Memphis for the WGC then the PGA championship. Then we get in the playoffs and the fall is going to be filled with major championships. It feels. So I think we're getting to that point where it took a little while. I, I don't want to call it sort of golf spring training, but it's starting to feel like mid season. Do you get that same feeling? Absolutely. And, and there was a great stat that floated around on, on social media earlier this week about the strength of this memorial field that it's it's stronger than the last seven masters tournaments that this is the strongest strongest regular season field ever ever stronger than all of the pj tour playoff events stronger than the wgc's this field at the memorial is the strongest regular field ever is and, this the strongest field ever 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 appreciate non-major non-major division um and so i i think it's i think it's exciting it's exciting to see if rory can kind of reassert himself you know he hasn't played particularly well since since the restart started um i'm excited to see if if bryson's bashing works against this type of field on this type of golf course i'm serious i'm curious to see what what tiger can bring after such a layoff and i'm curious to see if guys like xander and, and and patrick cantlay and and Brooks Kepka can 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 find a little mojo now. Those are those are all guys you would have thought normally would would have a great chance to to win a major this year, and they haven't they haven't done a whole lot over the past couple of months uh, since this tour restart. So it's it's going to be an exciting week. I'm look looking forward to seeing how it's going to play out. And most of all, Rex, it's it's great just to be in the same room as you. It really is. Okay. Have haven't seen you since Friday the players. Can you believe that? Okay, throw me away. There you go. Very nice. What 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 room are we sitting? What what room is this? I've, I've actually never been to Muirfield Village. This is exciting. This is the interview room. Yeah, so this is where we do the Normally. Uh, under normal circumstances, yes. Non, Non-COVID times. Non, Non-Zoom call times. Shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah that, that, that certainly has been eye-opening for me, Rex. For, you know, I covered the Corn Ferry Tour event. Um, and, you know, the rules are a little bit different than, than what we have here uh, on the PG Tour. Not complaining. Uh, it just mm. takes a little bit of time to get used to. Well, uh, and you said you were excited to have all these people back. Certainly, I mean, as well. I'm more excited that we were 15 minutes into our podcast and we have not mentioned COVID-19 or testing or protocols or positive You did. Tests. You talked about testing. Well, in passing. Not, not, we had, we it didn't. Wasn't, it wasn't, a my God, take there's a an deep outbreak. Dive. Take a deep dive. But I did want to touch on this quickly before we finish out. Yeah, and because the idea is I was here for the last two rounds 
um, on Saturday and Sunday of the workday event. And Sunday was probably some of the most exciting golf I have seen. Uh, I'll say since last year's open championship, because nothing else comes to mind immediately, but it, it was wonderful golf. And to be out there on the golf course, watching it, you have the playoff, you have Justin Thomas rolling in a 50 footer. You have Colin Morikawa rolling in a 24 footer right on top of him. And it's the first time since we've been back since the restart that I felt like I really miss fans. Because in that atmosphere, it, w- it was eye-opening how much it just didn't feel normal not to have someone – to be able to hear Justin Thomas cheer his own putt. And that's the only thing you heard, and it echoed through the hills and birds flew away in the distance. It, it was a surreal moment, to say the least. It was. And, and what I find particularly interesting, and Kyle Morikawa alluded to this, and then, and then Roy reaffirmed it, is the fact that Morikawa's putt to tie – was easier without fans because, you know, they're not rolling down the hill and, and, and shaking the place when, when JT's putt dropped, that 50-footer. I mean, that, that would have so badly shaken such a, a young player in particular, but it would have shaken anyone, but, it's, but it's especially a young player. And to not have that type of raucous scene that you would need to settle down, get your adrenaline back down, and, and then reconcentrate, refocus, um, to me was, was a significant aid for Colin Morikawa because that putt would have, would have been tenfold more difficult had there been more fans. I, I certainly think it assisted him as when I'm not taking it away at all. It was, it was incredibly clutch to be able to make that putt. Um, but, but I agree with you that that was the first moment that you thought that fans could have actually played, played a role potentially in the outcome. And I think that's why I'm, a, I'm still a little um, worried heading into to major season because I think there's a potential for some weirdness uh, to have, to have these major championships right now. It's only the PGA championship that's announced. It's not going to have spectators. Uh, I think there's a potential for some weirdness uh, just because players are going to feel differently coming down the stretch. Well, and the tour did announce this week that there won't be any spectators or pro-ams, at least for the rest of the season. So that's through the tour championship. And it's something they're going to have to adjust to. But, but this weekend, it just struck with me. All right, this, would, this week, you and I would actually be sitting – in a much, much larger press tent at Royal St. George's for the Open Championship. You'd be complaining about not having enough money on your free food card to buy all the cakes that you want. We would have been so tired from golf. So we would have been so tired of four or five days of just drudging pillow matches and, and, and bad golf and, and anger left because to right someone wins. lost. Left to right wins. A lot of lost golf balls. But in a more happier note, and, and I do miss the Open Championship this week, but I do want to discuss Open for the Ages, which is going to air on Golf Channel Sunday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And this is really going to be uh, sort of a compilation. They've taken champions of the Open Championship over the last 50 years, and they're going to put them in a head-to-head. This is water cooler stuff, right? And I'm going to tell you, it, spoiler alert, it's going to come down to Jack and Tiger. We all know that. I mean, let's, let's go ahead and just – Address the elephant. What about room. what about Louis and what about Louis at St Andrews? Is it not? That not I have not seen. Well, all of these are set at St Andrews, so that's a very good point. It's worth to point out. However, I and I don't want to give anything away because I haven't seen it, so I'm not giving anything I know away. Sounds like I, you have inside knowledge. I do not. It's going to come down to Jack and Tiger. However, when I immediately read that, my, my thought was, I really wish it could come down to Ernie Els and Old Tom Morris because this goes back to one of the greatest quotes of all time, and it's when Ernie lost to Tiger at the 2000 Open by 15 strokes, and some reporter, not me. Some reporter asked Ernie what it felt like to now be behind old Tom Morris because Tiger set a new margin of victory record in a major championship. And Ernie's response, you can go to this day on ASAT transcripts and see it, was old Tom Morris 
he repeated himself, old Tom Morris. If old Tom Morris was alive today, Tiger Woods would beat him by 60 strokes. I love the quote, <laughs> and I'd love to see how we could manufacture that old Tom losing to Tiger by 60 strokes. So, so you, that, I'm, not sure, I'm still not sure why you would want to see Ernie Els in this challenge. Is, does Ernie Els still have his belly, belly putter or what? Uh, he could, sure. Yeah, since he won with it, that seems only fair. I mean, you have to go with the ages. Because I would just like to have Ernie there after the fact to ask him a follow-up question that, Ernie, you were right. Are you vindicated? <laughs> who do you, so who do, you, who do you think wins, Jack, Jack or Tiger? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with Tiger. I mean, yeah, I just think it's – again, it's, you have to look. This is a, Part of this is being driven by polls and, and fans. And, and, and fans, I've discovered, are prisoners of the moment. And, of course, Tiger, come on. They're also Tiger yeah, fans are also Tiger fans. <laughs> yes, there just aren't that many Jack fans. Yeah, I mean, Tiger, Tiger's played the greatest golf that's ever been played. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Tiger for, for a win for the Open for the ages. All right, before we get out of here, what are you missing most this week not being at Royal St. George's? Um, do I dare say the golf beforehand? I mean, that's, we, we, we always look forward to that boondog. We, we were texting each other last Thursday. We, we, we always – leave the Thursday or Friday before open championship week to, to head on a plane. And, you know, we usually play four or five rounds and the, the golf is never particularly uh, inspiring. Um, but the golf the, courses the, are inspiring. Now don't, yes, don't, but yes. the actual golf in terms of, of playing golf uh, has never been particularly inspiring, but we, we, we enjoy those pillow fights. Uh, we certainly enjoy the, the pints of the pints of beer afterward. Uh, and so I, I am I am missing that, and I also miss the the prospect of maybe sneaking out for a quick nine or eighteen after a Tuesday or Wednesday uh, press session. Got to got to got to admit it. Miss any, everything about the open. We will be back next year, and we will be back next week. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Central Podcast, presented by TaylorMade and the all new Sim Driver. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.